The following show is for informational purposes only. Individual situations may vary and the information should be relied upon only when coordinated with individual professional advice. Good morning, this is Frank Congelos. I'm the managing partner here at CNA Financial Group. Uh, our guest today, Mike Trudell, Managing Director of BlackRock and on the Global Strategist, Global Allocation Strategist team. So, Mike, always a pleasure to have you on the show. We just finished, you know, the first two months of the year. Here we are sitting here, you know, March 1st. And as we kind of look back at what's occurred, 2022 was a crazy year. Yeah. 2023 was interesting and kind of, I think it ended up better than people think. And then, you know, when we look at where we're going so far, maybe you could just take a couple minutes and just kind of capture, you know, what we saw in 22, what we saw in 23, you know, uh, versus what people thought mm -hmm. and where we are at the moment. And then I'm going to ask you a few more questions as to some of your thoughts. Sure. Uh, the 2022 was a year that I think a lot of us um, really are excited to forget uh, because it wasn't a great year, Frank, as you know. Uh, for Didn't matter what else. No, thought. for stocks or for bonds. And uh, it, it's not that often that we have stocks and bonds fall in tandem to the degree that they did in 2022. And there was really one culprit for that. The culprit was the rapid pace at which the Federal Reserve had to raise interest rates in order to rein in inflation. And we hadn't seen inflation numbers like we saw in that year since the 1970s. Uh, they peaked at about 9% uh, June of 2022. That's what the CPI peaked at. And so as a result, the Fed really had a lot of heavy lifting to do. And you know, in all my years on Wall Street, and I know you know this for all your years on Wall Street, if the market, i.e. Uh, the, the large investor base, largely institutional investors, really dislike anything, they dislike uncertainty. And what was problematic in 2022 was people didn't know how much the Fed was going to uh, raise rates. We, we went through a period where the Fed was raising at 75 basis points uh, a meeting. We had, just to put that in context for people that, that uh, may not remember this, the Fed prior to 2022 hadn't raised rates at 75, uh, 75 basis points a clip since 1994. Wow. And in 1994, it was, it was, it was a one-off. So, so that's, I'm just trying to relate to people. It was a very unusual environment for, for rate policy. Fortunately, by the way, what's interesting about 2022 as well is we didn't have a recession. So it wasn't because growth was a problem. And that's usually the culprit for when stocks sell off and we have a bear market. In this case, it really was it was really centered on monetary policy. Fortunately, in 2023, things rebounded, particularly for the equity market. What's interesting about 2023 is if people just went through the headlines, they, they probably would have been surprised at how strong uh, the major indices ended the year. So, for example, um, we had some bank challenges in March, uh, as some people may recall, with Silicon Valley Bank and others, where we hadn't had a bank failure in the United States since 2008, and people began to get concerned because they so remember we go again. exactly correct. Um, inflation um, accel accelerated a little bit in the summer period, and the Fed uh, had to continue to raise rates. That put pressure on markets for a short period of time. We had uh, an unexpected uh, uh, hostility and war break out in the Middle East that happened on a random Saturday. Nobody, that saw, that. Nobody saw that coming. Nobody saw that coming. Uh, and in early November, we had uh, the, the Treasury had what's called a failed auction. And what that means is the way the bonds were priced, uh, they, they were priced too aggressively for what the market was willing to pay. Uh, and they had to reset the rate uh, at which uh, bonds were, uh, those bonds were issued. 
The point being that if you have uh, things like bank failures and wars breaking out in the Middle East, and, and you and I both remember oh. ni 1990 and 19, uh, 1991 when the U.S. went into the Gulf War the first time, how high oil prices went, right? So that's a risk. Uh, S&P finished the year up 26%. And, and you look at that, and the bond market kind of evened itself off. That's correct. And so all of a sudden, we, we came into a little bit of a calm. Yes. And one of the things you know that you know, I mentioned to you when we were chatting a little bit prior was, is I know a lot of people watch the news, and you know it's almost if you watch the news too much, you 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 need something for depression because they only publicize all the negative things and conspiracy theories. It doesn't matter what side of an aisle you're on, and we've got an election year. Well, they, they're really trying to drive ratings, right? And so yeah. people dial into bad news and, and, uh, and, and not so much uh, the good news that, that comes out, right? So. so having said that is, what are some of the uh, perspectives you might be able to give us with regard to, you know, if we look at last, you know, for years, what happens in a presidential election, mm -hmm. what happens to the markets? Because sometimes people think, oh, that really has an impact on the market. And so... You know, what are some of the things of your observations from, you know, you're similar to myself. I may be doing just a little bit longer because I'm a little older. But, you know, what are some of the things you've seen and what are some of the insights that BlackRock has been providing to us? So if you look at the long history of the United States in the modern era, say post-1900, and you look back at how stocks have performed um, depending on which party wins the White House, Truth of the matter is, it hasn't really made it, it hasn't made an enormous difference. What's more impactful to, to, for markets is where we're at in the economic cycle. If the Fed is tightening policy versus loosening policy, you know those things tend to be much more influential in how equities finish the year than whichever party is uh, occupying uh, the White House. Um, also, historically, if you go back and look, um, if you consider a presidential cycle to be four years. What the data tells us is the stock market typically does the best the third year of a cycle. Now, there's a theory behind that. The theory is, especially if the, the, the House, the, the, whoever the occupant is in the White House, whatever the party is, if they also have control of Congress, if they can get legislation through that helps economically, especially on the spending side, right. that tends to help with economic growth and the market response to that. Now, the presidential election year, the fourth year, is usually a positive year. Uh, average return is about 7%. Uh, the year that's usually the most difficult is the first year. And there's a theory behind that as well. And the theory behind that being that in the first year of an administration, a president will often uh, make the tough decisions then because there's still time before the midterms uh, for the market to recover. So it's a... It doesn't always work out this way. We're just looking at yeah, the past. Got crystal ball, no one's got a crystal ball. That's but, exactly. But it's right. one of those. Of, it wouldn't be something that somebody would be thinking I should change my portfolio about. That's correct. And, and that was one of the key things that I want to make sure that all of our you know clients and our friends that are listening to this that they just come away knowing this. Like you know what, this is part of a cycle. You know we do this every four years. You know with regard to elections, every you know midterm election. And at the end of the day, it really doesn't have a tremendous impact on the markets. Um, at the end of the day, there may be certain uh, political parties that may be more favorable for a certain industry, one Correct. way or another. Correct. But there's nothing dramatic, and what really drives the markets is capitalism. That's correct. And so at the end of the day, it's, you know, how do we make a profit? How do we come up with new and better ways to make your life better? And, you know, when we kind of look at that, that, that's what really drives things. That's exactly correct. So having said that... 
you know, there's been a lot of conversation around AI and things of that nature. Mm -hmm. And um, some people are looking and they're going, it's like, wow, look at the price of some of these things that are out right now. Mm -hmm. So one of the questions I would have for you is, um, you know, is the market when you know we look at it goes like wow is it really overpriced or whatever the case might be and maybe you can address because I've seen it in different you know presentations that we've had and different conversations and so forth is um, you know the technology side is one thing mm -hmm. okay but then if the technology is really good and it comes out it, it fulfills why it's there that's correct but then the rest of the market is if I kind of separate those a little bit is is the market really terribly overpriced when people look at it. If, if, you, if one were to strip out um, portions of the tech sector, especially those areas that are focused on AI in places like um, either enterprise software or certain semiconductor companies, and you look at other sectors, whether it's energy, staples, communication services, traditional communication services, industrials, uh, those sectors are not expensive relative to history on a forward PE basis. As a matter of fact, the energy sector is at 30-year lows. Uh, to your point, the, the reason why some areas of the market trade at a premium and they appear expensive is the fact that the growth that some of these companies are putting up as a result of AI uh, are things we've really rarely seen previously. Mm -hmm. And for companies that are this large, that are be able to grow this fast, that should be giving investors an idea of what the corporate demand is currently for just about every business to try to get more efficient by using AI. So what I think some investors may not fully understand or appreciate is there will be companies that will be uh, indirect beneficiaries from AI because it's going to make their operations more efficient and their firms more profitable. But today... The ones that are receiving all the benefit are a lot of the picks and shovels guys, especially those guys making the semiconductors. So the reason why I bring that up is, is you know, um, when we look at a lot of the portfolios that we do at BlackRock, you know, their global allocations and things of that nature, these are diversified portfolios. That's correct. And so, you know, one of the things we always say to people is, is, you know, instead of, you know, going out there and to buy that one or two individual stocks or, you know, you buy the top seven, which have done phenomenal, mm -hmm. the reality is, is in the long term, a globally diversified managed portfolio that has all these sectors such as energy and everything else, um, there's value in that. There is, and I think um, you and I would win a lot of bets if I asked your audience the best performing stock market by country this year of the majors, uh, surprisingly, is not the United States. And as of this recording, which is February 28th, um, S&P's up over 6%. Best performing market in the world is actually Japan. Uh, the Nikkei is off to a great start. Some of that is tech-related as well. Um, and uh, interestingly enough for the Nikkei, it's making new all-time highs for the first time since 1989. It's a long so, time. It's a long time. But it highlights, to your point, um, the reason why we as investors, we want to be able to capitalize on some of these really exciting areas in tech and communication services and consumer discretionary. Um, but there are these companies can be found in many different parts of the world. One of the more exciting areas in healthcare, um, especially in the last, I would say, six months, has been some of the advancements in uh, weight loss and weight management. A number of the pharmaceutical companies that are producing those drugs are actually headquartered in Europe. Interesting insight. And so, you know, a couple of things is, you know, when we look, you know, we've had a good start to the year. Mm -hmm. um, 
you know, just perspectives, you know, I caught a couple of articles that, you know, earlier in the paper, you know, today, you know, with regard to, you know, a couple of large financial institutions were saying we don't see a recession or anything like that because, yeah, people have, you know, they'll bring up the R word and they'll go, oh, there's an inverted yield curve. What about recession? Oh, my gosh. You know, and you get some of that. And so what are some of the perspectives, you know, that you have around that and that you hear around BlackRock as far as how they're viewing things and, you know, are they positive and Again, we don't have a crystal ball, but are they feeling good and optimistic, or do they have concerns? Are they cutting back on equities, or what are they seeing? So our view for 2024 on uh, the BlackRock Global Allocation Team is we think it's going to be a pretty decent year for both stocks and bonds. Now, as you mentioned, we've gotten off to a good start. S&P is up 6%. We felt coming into the year it was a really good chance that stocks in the U.S. would probably return high single digits, maybe even low double digits. Now. Coming off a 26% return last year, that's a big deal. That's a pretty, that's a pretty big deal, right? As importantly, we felt 2024 was going to be the first year in a, quite a while that investors got a fair shake from fixed income. You're being uh, compensated for it. Exactly. And we all know the losses that bonds suffered in 2022, as you mentioned, they stabilized in 2023. But prior to that, bonds really weren't paying investors just about anything in terms of coupon. We, as a matter of fact, if you went back to 2020, something that the economics and the finance books would tell you should never happen. We had enormous portions of the world bond markets that had negative yields. Now, that seems kind of crazy. You'd read about that, you know, you'd read about it, and it's like, I almost have to pay them to hold my money. Exactly (laughs) correct. And uh, that was a very unusual time. I don't think we're going to go back to it, but the point is, is no one wants to buy a bond where yields are not only zero, but less than zero. Now, in big portions of the bond market, especially for short maturity and inter- intermediate bonds, co- on the corporate side, high-quality companies, we can get paid 5 6 in some places 7% when we hedge the currency back to U.S. dollar. It's a much higher rate of return than people have gotten for the past, really, 25 years. So I would make the case to a lot of your listeners that it's a, it's a great year to stay invested and be diversified because you can get returns in a diversified way from a number of different areas of the market. And you don't really have to reach in terms of interest rate risk or credit risk in order to get some of these returns. And, you know, I think a good diversified portfolio this year, we felt really strongly we're going to be able to get folks uh, a really nice rate of return. I would say high single digits in a blended portfolio of stocks and bonds. That's a great insight. For all of our listeners, the reason why, you know, we bring this up is, you know, um, we all get concerned about retiring someday or the ability to, you know, be able to stop working and how's our money going to perform. And, you know, with, you know, the one thing about, you know, the future is it's uncertain. That's correct. And with all the uncertainty that's coming up, you know, what should you be doing? And at the end of the day is a well-diversified, managed portfolio. Long-term has all of those different sectors utilizing uh, quality companies like BlackRock and companies that are out there that do that and are watching the different sectors, uh, leaning into certain things at times, backing off of certain areas at different times, definitely helps in managing a portfolio where you know they can have a little bit more peace of mind. Hey, it's going to go up, it's going to go down, but at the end of the day is somebody's got their you know hand on the you know the wheel, they're mm-hmm. watching, and they're paying attention to what's going on. And I think that's what really people are looking for, to have some confidence for their future. I think that's right. I think we try at, uh, at our firm and certainly on our team, we realize who our clients are. Um, they're generally long-term investors that are saving for retirement. They could be saving for a child's education. They could be saving for you know some big 
ticket item that they want to purchase, or maybe in some instances, uh, you know, which is happening more frequently, they're supporting a parent. Um, so we take the responsibility very, very seriously, and that's why we advocate using an approach that is not overly concentrated in one sector or one theme or certainly one security. There's a number of different companies that are going to continue to grow uh, in the economy, and for us this year, you know, you were mentioning uh, the R word a little bit earlier. We don't think the U.S. is going to go in recession. We think GDP in the United States is going to be four and a half percent this year. Households are strong. Uh, states and municipalities are strong. Corporate balance sheets right now, uh, they termed out all their debt when rates were really low. So we don't foresee a recession. And, and unemployment is still you know, low. Very strong. And listen, if you're a longer-term investor, uh, and realize that some folks may have questions about the election later this year, but the one thing that you should, we should all have in our back pockets as investors, uh, the Fed's been pretty clear. They're done raising rates. The next move, uh, whatever it is or however steep it is, is going to be a cut. And if the economy does start to slow down, the Fed has more dry powder today with rates at 5.5% than they've had in a long, long time. Historically speaking, if you're invested in a diversified portfolio of stocks and bonds and the Fed is cutting interest rates, it's usually a tailwind for returns. It's great insight. And so for all of our listeners, um, again, Mike Trudell, uh, director over at BlackRock, and this is Frank Angelos. And our whole point for you this month was to just give you some insights on what's gone on in the past, uh, how we're looking going forward. And at the end of the day, um, it's not designed when you hear this to you know, try to go it yourself. The whole idea is to have a great advisor working with great organizations such as BlackRock that really help you to navigate you know, where you're at, where you're going, and what level of you know, risk you should have that's suitable for you so that you're not getting emotional and saying, you got to get me out, you know, when we know that, hey, you know, as Warren Buffett once said, is, you know, when people are greedy, be fearful. When people are fearful, be greedy. And it's the opposite of how we think and how we feel. And so having a good financial advisor and that coach that's working with great organizations that help navigate that is really the key to long-term success and performance. So, Mike, thank you again for being with us, as always. Thank you, Frank. Uh, we appreciate the partnership, and we look forward to catching up with all of you on our next podcast. Have a great day. Advisors of the Institute of Responsible Wealth may be licensed for investment and insurance products. The Institute of Responsible Wealth is an educational division of CNA Financial Group. CNA Financial Group and its advisors are an agency or an agent of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, New York, New York. Securities products and advisory services offered through Park Avenue Securities, LLC member FINRA, SIPC. Park Avenue Securities is an wholly owned subsidiary of Guardian. The Institute of Responsible Wealth and CNA Financial Group are not affiliates or subsidiaries of Park Avenue Securities or Guardian. Guardian its subsidiaries, agents and employees do not provide tax, legal or accounting advice. Consult your tax, legal or accounting professional regarding your individual situation. Guest speakers and their firms are not affiliated with or endorsed by Park Avenue Securities, Guardian or CNA Financial Group. And opinions stated are their own. Diversification does not guarantee profit or protect against market loss. All investments contain risk and may lose value. Investing in the bond market is subject to certain risks, including market, interest rate, issuer, credit, and inflation risk. Equities may decline in value due to both real and perceived general market economic and industry condition. Investing in foreign securities may involve heightened risk, including currency fluctuation, less liquid trading markets, greater price volatility, political and economic instability, less publicly available information, and changes in tax or currency laws. Such risks may be enhanced in emergent markets. 
Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Data and rates used are indicative of market conditions as of the date shown. Opinions, estimates, forecasts, and statements of financial market trends are based on the current market conditions and are subject to change without notice. References to specific securities, asset classes, and financial markets are for illustrative purposes only and do not constitute a solicitation, offer, or recommendation to purchase or sell securities. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. S&P 500 index is a market index generally considered representative of the stock market as a whole. The index focuses on the large cap segment of the U.S. equities market. Industries are unmanaged and cannot invest directly. 2024 170389 March 2026